the Dating While Adulting podcast, the greatest podcast ever made, if we may say so ourselves. Go to datingwhileadulting.com for access to everything related to the podcast. That's our Twitter, our YouTube, blog, information about the hosts, etc. So with all that being said, let's get to the conversation. Hey, decent people. I am Michael Thomas. I am the person that you see all the time when you come here to listen to what I have to talk about. I am your host for today. Our other host, Reginald Bush, he is on sabbatical still doing his thing. Actually, he's right there off to the side. Anyway, what I want to talk about today, and I won't even go into that, you know, I'm glad you all keep coming by, looking at the posts and all of that good stuff. I appreciate you always do. Come back, hit me up, Michael at datingwelladulting.com. And this is the Dating While Adulting podcast. And let me just start off by talking. Well, let me just go right into what I'm talking about. So a while ago, um, I met a woman online and during our first conversation, she told me that she had surgery like a week before she and I spoke. And she was talking about how she was in a lot of pain and like serious pain, like I guess a lot of pain is serious pain, but pain like she could barely move, like to touch her, she would she would hurt, you know, it was that serious. And during that conversation, what really kind of caught me off guard though, was that she suggested that we FaceTime and, <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I'm not a big FaceTime fan, but with that said, I've never turned a request down when I've gotten a request to do it. And I understand when you're online dating, that's just part of the process. You know, you want to make sure that somebody looks the way that they claim to look or have claimed to look in pictures and all of that good stuff. So she suggested that we FaceTime. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, when do you want to do it? Like when you get better or whatever. And she's like, no, like right, like right now. And it really kind of threw me off. It really caught me off guard because you would not think that someone who had just gotten out of surgery, that they would be eager to jump on FaceTime. So yeah, that kind of um, caught me off guard. So I responded by saying like, are you sure? (laughs) It's like, you spent the whole conversation up to this point talking about how jacked up you are. And now you're talking about getting on FaceTime. It's like, you cannot be looking like camera ready, you know? And I didn't say that part, but that's what I was thinking. And that's what I was implying and my asking her if she was sure. And her response was really interesting to me, obviously, because I'm talking about it now. But her response was, well, you'll eventually see me, quote, ugly and all. And like I said, that's a quote. Those were her words, not mine. So she was like, so why not now? And I really didn't know what to make of that, to be honest. And as I'm talking through it now, I still am not sure what to make of that. Um, I didn't know if I should be really impressed. Um, Yeah, because I guess it is true to a certain extent. Eventually, you will get to see the person that you're with, your person, as they say, at their worst. Um, or it could be seen as an extreme display of arrogance or just like an overall obliviousness when it comes to dating and how it all works. So I guess one of those three. 
So let me break down those three and how I look at them, I guess. <laughs> so, and, and I never really know what her rationale was because the conversation didn't really go much further because of other reasons and things like that. But, and this isn't really about her in particular anyway. Um, this is more about the thought process that people go through when it comes to dating. So let me go over those three points that I mentioned, and let me just talk a little bit about each one. Point one. Um, yeah. Well, you will see the person at their worst. Um, should that be your first impression? To me, it seems like it'd be better to see someone at their best in the beginning. So that way, when you see them at their worst, you have memories at least of what they were at their best and what they can be once they get back to that. So when you see them at their worst, you won't panic. Um, to me, seeing this woman at her worst, it just seemed like it would have been weird because I don't really know what the best is besides some pictures online, which could have been from 20, 2009 or something like that. Yeah. So if you see them at their worst from the start, you just kind of have to have faith that the best will be something really good when they eventually, when you eventually get to see that. That's one heck of a risk to take, especially in her case, because she, I think the recovery time for her was like another month or something like that. So I'd have to wait like a month and date someone that I didn't know. Not only did I not know them personally, but I'm getting to know them as they're recovering from something, going through something bad and not knowing what they'll look like. So I really won't get a true gauge of what their personality is because they're going through this recovery process and I won't get an idea of what they look like. Interesting. Interesting. It's a risk to take, um, but I admire anyone that's willing to take that risk. That's for sure. So that's point one. Point two, um, to some extent, you know, you have to believe that you look good. Yeah. Yeah. You have to believe that you look good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially to take that chance that a person will still be interested in, in like getting to know you after they see you at your worst. Yeah. You would think, or I guess I would think that the person would want you to see them at their, um, excuse me, you think that the person that would want you to see them at their worst at the jump is the person that has a picture of themselves on their wallpaper as their wallpaper on their phone. You would think that that would be that person. Watch my wind up falling in love with somebody who has um, a picture of themselves as their wallpaper on their phone. I guarantee it's going to happen. Yeah. But hey, there's nothing wrong with loving the way that you look um, through sickness and in health. It's actually kind of impressive. I kind of wish that I was that way because I tell you what, when I look bad, it's like I'm not trying to let anyone see me when I'm in that state. But with that said, for someone who is, I guess you can call it confidence in how they look, I don't want to go further than that because I don't want to come across as insulting anyone. But I mean, sheesh. I, I don't know. You you really have to have a mindset. You really have to feel good about yourself. You really have to be feeling yourself. You really have to be smelling yourself. If you're like, this is the worst that I've looked, but 
I want you to see that because you have to be thinking you're still going to be impressed. I, I respect that confidence, arrogance, whatever you want to call it. It's interesting. So, but that's point number two. Point number three, and this goes to the ambivalence. Maybe she just didn't give a what. Which probably isn't a good thing to be thinking if you're talking about dating, you know? And if you're that ambivalent about dating, you probably shouldn't be dating, right? But to me, there's always a balance between giving what could be an optimum impression to someone when you first meet them and keeping it real, which could be a little too real at times. Like if a guy gets a haircut normally every two weeks, but he has a date during the week in between haircuts. So his cut isn't fresh, but it's not all the way to the left yet. It's in that in-between state, obviously. But if he goes to get a cut, breaks the schedule to go get a cut because he has a date, is he wrong? You know, because he's giving her a wrong impression. Same thing, same thing for the women out there, ladies. Um, Would she be wrong to interrupt her hair and nail schedule or whatever to look her best or what she perceives to be her best for a first date with a dude? I don't know. I've heard arguments on both sides. I've heard people say that if you break in the schedule, you are kind of, you are kind of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? influencing someone or giving the wrong idea or something like that. But I've heard other people say, well, shoot, it's you, it's your haircut. It's not like you're doing anything fake or anything like that. You're just, you know, jazzing yourself up. It's still you. So I don't know, but regardless of which side you choose on this issue, um, on this issue, I think that it would be agreed that you probably shouldn't show up for the first date um, at your worst. <laughs> I would think everyone would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Showing up on a first date without having done any kind of maintenance or looking like you've just gotten out of surgery, whether you have gotten out of surgery or not. At least when, at least when you meet someone with that fresh cut or that fresh or a lady with that fresh do, you see what they are again at their best. You know, if you see them at their worst again, you have no idea what the best could be. Yeah. I think the real answer to all of that stuff is to present yourself in a way that you be seen for the majority of the relationship. So if the woman is going to see you mid cut, you know, for the majority of the relationship, you should probably present that from the jump. And I don't know that you should ever present your worst from the jump because hopefully she won't see you at your worst most of the time. Like, I don't like people to see me sick at all, especially someone that I'm in a relationship with. Like, even even if I'm sick and I know she's coming over, I still get up and like try to brush my beard or something like that, throw some mouthwash down my throat or something like that. I, I still do that stuff. I still would do that stuff when the next relationship comes around, that is. 
Yeah. So while she wouldn't be getting me at my best, she still wouldn't be getting me at my absolute worst either. You know, I'm still always trying. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on that one. Uh, but I just feel like one of the problems in relationships is that we get way too comfortable in them. Um, and while people and while people say they want someone that they can be way too comfortable with, I just don't want anyone to feel that comfortable around me. Like I want to. Re- it's one thing to let your hair down, but it's one thing to take your hair off. <laughs> and I mean that figuratively, not necessarily literally. Even though it would be cool if your hair were your own. But anyway, that's a whole other issue. I don't want to make anybody mad or anything like that. That's not what we're here for. We we are here for love. But I want a relationship, you know, where me and my woman, we're always trying to impress each other, not one where we feel comfortable grossing each other out. Like, like, I love my friends. I have some of the best friends in the world, in my opinion. And I have some that, you know, (laughs) anyway, but I love my friends, but the majority of them, male and female, are disgusting. And they are comfortable being disgusting around me because that's the nature of our, of our friendship, you know, and I love them and they love me. Um, I don't want my woman to be that comfortable with me though. And, you know, people are like, well, your friends get this and all of this stuff. Yeah. But you know, when you're, you're, when you're in a relationship, it's different than being in a friendship with your people, even though everybody says, I want my friend, my whatever to be my best friend and all of that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, there's a little bit more to it than that though. You know, and, and you know, because my friends are disgusting in the ways that I'm referring to is the mate It's one of the major reasons that I never think of my friends in a sexual way. Well, I don't think about the men in a sexual way for obvious reasons, I guess, obvious to some, depending on who you are and where you live or whatever, what your belief systems are. But I don't think of my male friends as sex in a sexual way because basically I'm not gay. And but if you are gay and you look at other guys or look at other women, you know that some of them are disgusting. And I think that crosses both genders. Because my female friends are disgusting too. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's because, you know, they feel part of the reason is because they feel way too comfortable around me. And because of that comfort, they do things that gross me out in ways that I could never think of them sexually. Yeah. And again, that applies to my female friends too. They're gross just like the men are. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to mess with them. Yeah. And I've seen them at their worst and it's not a pretty sight. So, hey. Yeah. But don't you always want your partner to think of you as sexy? Don't you always want to be sexy for your partner? Don't you Don't you always want to look at your mate and think of them as sexy? It's one thing to love someone unconditionally and all that stuff, even though that's kind of a fallacy too. But it's cool to love someone unconditionally if you believe in it in that way. 
But thinking of someone as sexy is not unconditional. There are conditions on that, I believe. And if you see your partner doing some of the grossest stuff, whatever that gross thing is, and to every person is different, and you still think, boy, I want to run home and have sex with that cat. Um, I'm going to call BS on some of that. Yeah. Or you just might have some kind of sex addiction, which whatever works. Yeah. P- p- people walking around in relationships like like their roommates just grossing each other out and stuff like that. Like it's almost like a competition in some of these relationships. Who can be more gross? Yeah. I tell you what, times like this, I wonder if I'll ever get married because it, it just seems like I don't know. When I say these things to friends of mine and stuff like that, married friends of mine, they just act like I'm crazy. And it's like you just have to accept that this is what marriage is. And all. yeah, marriage is just like you love someone and they just get to be as gross as possible. Whatever works. Yeah. But I will be married one day. One day. Yeah. Anyway. You guys know that listen to this, how I usually like to end these things, and I'm not going to end it in the way that I normally do. And the way that I normally do is talking about either divorce or death or both, and I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Yeah. I'm actually going to end this episode by celebrating love. And that's something that even though this is a relationship and dating podcast, I don't know that I celebrate love enough, especially since that's the goal for those that fit into the demographic that I service. We service me and Reggie. Um, But yeah, I'm going to celebrate love. And today I want to celebrate the love between Robert Kraft and Dana Bloomberg, 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 whatever. Now, I have no clue as to who Dana is, and I had never heard of her before a couple of weeks ago, but I do know who Robert Kraft is, and Robert Kraft and Dana, they got married last week, I guess, depending on when you're listening to this. Robert Kraft is a billionaire, and he is best known to most um, for, for owning the New England, New England Patriots American football team. Robert is 81 years old. Dana is 47 years old. Yeah, I think it's also, I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but just to throw it in, I'll I'll say that Dana is clearly taller than Robert as well. And when you look at pictures of them together, it looks as you would expect that there's a woman standing there with her dad. So, yeah. So to all the ladies, you know, <laughs> I don't want a short man. And yeah, but it goes back to that episode that we had. I don't remember which one, but go back and listen to it and listen to all of them and tell 50 friends and tell 50 friends where I referenced that article that talked about for a shorter guy, for every inch or whatever, how much more money he would have to make than someone who's six feet tall. Robert Kraft, he obviously makes enough to compensate for whatever he lacks in height or anything else that he might be lacking in at 81 years of age. So 
I celebrate the love. <laughs> I celebrate this beautiful love story. <laughs> and I take away two things from this beautiful act of love. One is there's always hope for all of us, especially those that fit into the demographic of this podcast. There's hope that love still exists regardless of whatever age you are. So be encouraged out there, people. And the second thing that I took away from this story was that I need to make a lot more money. I need to get grinding. I tell you, tell a hundred friends to tell a hundred friends. Shoot. Hey. Anyway, that is me. I am Michael. Um, Reggie, you want to say something to the people, Reggie? Reggie is still on sabbatical. I talked to Reggie last week, as a matter of fact, but you guys know I always talk to Reggie. But anyway, that is it for us. Thank you all for showing up. Thank you all for sticking with the program. I appreciate you all. We appreciate you all. And it's still weird to me um, when I look at the numbers from week to week and look at where these these look at the places that these episodes are being downloaded from. I am shocked and amazed at some of the countries that where people reside that listen to this thing. It shocks me. Um, shout out to you all. And that is the reason that I go into explanations in the ways that I do. Like, for example, there might be some people listening saying, New England Patriots is like, of course, we know that's football. Of course, we know that's American football and all of that stuff. But looking at the numbers, um, looking at the statistics, boy, I can't talk today. Yeah, there are people listening that might not know that, might not have a clue about anything American related, including American football. But that's why I do what I do. And that's why I go into deeper explanations that some people might be wondering. Well, yeah, obviously I know that. So, but thank you all for listening. And until next time, I will say to you all, goodbye.